Hi, I'm John. I'm one of the pastors at Victory and I'm also the director of our provincial churches. At Victory, we are committed to plant churches all over the Philippines, believing that together we can disciple this nation. Hope this message inspires you to honor God and make disciples. The title of this message has been called Seed Time and Harvest uh, in reference to the scripture that we spoke from two weeks ago, last week, and even this week. But when I preached this message two weeks ago, I had a subtitle to Seed Time and Harvest, and I included in Katipunan, The Story of Us. Now, and I'm... I, it's going to make sense why I made reference to that uh, state uh, phrase, the story of us. Now, it's, it's a common thing that I've heard, but when I did a search uh, on Google, I realized it's a, it's a common phrase on different, for different reasons. Now, uh, Pastor Gilbert, this is uh, not chat GPT, okay? My message, you know, I found out you can actually create a message on chat GPT. So... I think every time we hear the preachers now, we have, is this ChatGPT or is this original? So it's scary now, okay? AI can preach to us now, all right? Apparently, three references at least that I know. The first one is a 1999 American romantic comedy starring Bruce Willis and Michelle Pfeiffer. Talks about a couple who've been married for 15 years whose romance was on the decline but were sticking together for the sake of their kids while they're trying to rekindle the flame. The next reference to the story of us is a 2011 song composed by Taylor Swift. Now, I, I don't follow Taylor Swift, okay? But I did listen when, all right. So it's a story, the awkwardness about between two parted lovers and inspired by her encounter with an ex-boyfriend at an award show. And as, as I understand it, um, many times her songs come from those uh, relationships that unfortunately did not work out. But the one that I think is more Close to home is the story of us, a 2016 ABS-CBN romantic drama series starring Kim Chu and Sian Lim. Now that I followed <laughs> in title, okay? Just, no, I, I didn't. It's about these childhood friends turned lovers in Palawan who were separated because of their desire for a better life, but causing the relationship to crumble in an award-winning series. Now, I don't think this is intentional, but it just so happens that each one of these stories are love stories that somehow went sour. Now, what's my point? My point is, um, we love story, isn't it? I, I realized when, when, um, when we were in seminary, uh, our preacher then was saying, you know, especially young people, actually even the old, were so engrossed in, in media and television and all that, and sometimes we wonder, is that not uh, healthy for us? But at the end of the day, it's because people are enamored by stories, isn't it? We love stories. Okay, we, um, and so there's a myriad of things that, we, that captivate us, even on social media. However, uh, I was struck by a statement by American author and professor Sam Keen, and I want to read a portion of his statement. He says this, We are a generation bombarded by so many stories, none of which are our own. The parable of the postmodern mind is the person surrounded by a media center, three monitors giving three sets of stories. I thought about that. What three monitors are you talking about? Then I realized I have those three monitors. My cell phone, my iPad, and my laptop. Okay? 
email delivering more stories, blog posts, and still more stories. The effect is that we lose the continuity of our own experiences. We become people who are limits in the shuffle of those things. We lose our own story. And our story doesn't seem to be as exciting as the story of the Instagram and, you know, where he's eating or where they're wearing clothes and all that. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're an influencer and you want to tell your story, that's fine. There's, your story does matter. It's worth telling. It's worth experiencing as long as your story is connected to the greatest story of all, which is God's story in the Bible. And that's what we did two weeks ago. We made humans in His image to, be, to, be, to, to, to rule over the creation. Then that story is your story and mine as well. And as I said, your story becomes exciting so long as it's connected to God's story. It's worth telling and living. And that's what we did the last couple of weeks. We looked at Genesis 1. We understood that our being bearers of God's image were intended for us to represent Him to the whole creation. And He gave us a tool to bring uh, his desire was to fill the earth with His glory, with His representatives. That's why He says to be fruitful and multiply. And then He gave us a tool to propagate that, and that is the power of the seed. It's very clear in Genesis 1.11. So we don't have time to review that, but I trust your pastor did. He gave us every seed-bearing plant and every fruit-bearing tree, not just for food, but to be a tool to be used for fulfilling his purpose of expansion throughout the whole world. That's the, very clear from the text. However, as we know, man fell, humans fell. And from Genesis 3 on, it was da a downward spiral. By Genesis 6, God came to a point where he saw humanity and every thoughts and inclination of his heart was evil all the time. And so God, actually one of the saddest scriptures that you'll ever read in the scripture, God regretted that he had made humans. I don't know about you. That has got to be the saddest scripture of all. Nagsisi ang Panginoon, nanilikha niya tayo. Dahil puro kasamaan lang yung nasa puso natin. And violence in particular. And so God said, I'm, rather than end humanity, He said, I'm going to start all over again. That's the wonderful thing, isn't it? God starts all over again rather than give up on us. So of course, we know the story of Noah. Uh, the flood came. And after the flood subsided, he made a fresh start. He talked to Noah and reiterated the very same promise and relationship that he initiated with Adam. He said it to Noah. It's essentially the same thing. But he had a caveat. He said, I'm going to do something. And I, I want to read it because I think it's worth saying. I don't know if this was emphasized last week. But, uh, you know, after the flood, he wanted to start all over again. And... Remember, after Adam and Eve disobeyed, he cursed the ground, isn't it? It says in Genesis 3. And so when you begin to sow, remember the seed was his tool for fulfilling the purposes of God. Notice what he says in verse 21 and 22. When the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, this was after Noah offered the sacrifice, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention, or even if the intention of his heart is evil from his youth. So despite 
our proclivity still for violence and destroying one another. He said, I'm not going to curse the ground. So he reversed the curse on the ground pertaining to the seed that he gave as a tool for dominion. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest. There it is. That's what's relevant for us today. Cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall never cease. So the good news is this, brothers and sisters. As long as the earth remains, God has set in motion not just principles. This is not uh, just impersonal principles. But God is a personal God relating with you and me. If we grab hold of his uh, of His. Uh, uh, resources, if you will, and we'll find out more about that in a while, we can still participate in his kingdom purpose. He said, it will never cease. And we fast forward now to this text which we're about to read. But before that, I want to emphasize something. We'll see, we saw it in Adam. We saw it in Noah. We're going to see it in Abraham. You're going to find out that God initiates relationship with humans. And the way he initiates relationship, he enters into what we call covenant. Say that word with me, covenant. Covenant is the highest form of relationship that any two parties or more can enter into. God is a covenant making and a covenant keeping God. God does not relate with us on an acquaintance level. God's not like that. In fact, the best example of covenant that did some of the stories of Israel all throughout when Israel would be unfaithful. He calls Israel an adulterer because God is a faithful husband, but the wife was that. So these metaphors help us understand that's how God is. When he's jealous, it's not a selfish, self-centered jealousy. No, it's because... He betrothed us, as Paul says, to one husband, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So my point is, it helps us understand when we, God relates with us on that basis, guess what? Our part, you know, God promises to bless us, and that's really a word that captures the way God relates. That's the first word he gave to Adam and Eve. He blessed them. He blessed Noah. He blessed Abraham, as we're going to read. In fact, this is like five lessons all in one. You can study this. There's a series of covenants God made with, with Adam, with Noah, with Abraham, which we're going to read a portion of, with Moses, with David, and finally with Christ, in Christ. And that's what we're partakers of today. Now, I, a lot could be said, but let's, let's pause there. This will help you because when we read the story, we're going to find perhaps a crisis situation that we may find ourselves in, but yet because of God's covenant faithfulness, we see the Lord upholding His people when they respond in faith and obedience to the terms of that relationship. So the story we're going to be looking at is Isaac's story, the son of Abraham, the fulfillment of the promise. And... Um, we're going to see what happened in a particular time in his journey. Remember, part of the promise of the Lord to Abraham, he told him to go from a place of familiarity, uh, from Ur, uh, Ur of the Chaldees, which is a cosmopolitan place, and go to a land I'm going to show you. 
He didn't know where he was going, but he responded in faith. And it was none other than the land of Canaan. And he said, I'm going to give you this land. By the way, it took about 480 years before that was fulfilled. I don't know about you. When we're called to walk the faith that Abraham walked in, sometimes we may not see necessarily the fulfillment of that promise, but yet we'll see the faithfulness of God and we can live on that promise and hold on to our lives. And so here, let's read the text. Now, Genesis 26, verse 1. Now, there was a famine in the land besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land of which I shall tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I'll be with you and will bless you. For to you and to your offspring, I will give all these lands. And I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and will give you your offspring all these lands. And in your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Now, what's interesting to our pastors here, the statutes had not been given yet. So I guess this was a precursor. Even though Abraham didn't have the law, he walked in all the law of Moses. That's an interesting insight from one of the commentaries. So Isaac settled in Gerar. When the men of the place asked him about his wife, he said, she is my sister. Now that sounds familiar. I'll explain why. For he feared to say my wife, thinking lest the men of the place should kill me because of Rebekah. Because she was attractive in appearance. When he'd been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out the window and saw Isaac laughing with Rebekah, his wife. Now, just as a comment, laughing, actually in the King James, I mean NIV says caressing. So this is an R16 word, okay? But siguro nagkikiliti ang sila, okay? Kaya siguro... Uh, I won't say it more in Tagalog, okay? Masyadong descriptive. Isaac's... So Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, she's your wife. How then could you say she's my sister? Isaac said to him, Because I thought lest I die because of her. Abimelech said, What is this you've done to us? One of the people might easily have lain with your wife and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech warned all the people, saying, Whoever touches his, this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. And the scripture we want to focus on is this. Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Kung ano po yung tinanim niya, isandaan po yung, yung uh, naging bunga. The Lord blessed him and the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. He had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants so that the Philistines envied him. Now the Philippines had Philippines Philistines had stopped and filled with earth all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And Abimelech said to Isaac, "Go away from us. You are much mightier than we. Father, anoint the preaching of your word. Lord, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path." Amen. We know that Isaac was a fulfillment of God's promise. That they would have a son in their old age. You know, think about it. Israel was a miracle nation. Because Isaac, who's the ancestor, of course, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was a miracle baby. Now he had grown up, Isaac, and he had two sons of his own, Esau and Jacob. And Abraham and 
Sarah had already died by this time. You can read that in Genesis 22 to 26. And now, while they're in Canaan, the land of promise, remember they were still aliens there, even though the Lord said, um, you're a foreign, I mean, the Lord said, this is going to be your land, yet they were sojourners. Apparently, sojourn is to dwell in the land temporarily. You know, maraming po tayong mga kababayan, parang ganun po, di ba? A few weeks ago, we were in Korea, and uh, uh, you know, I've been to Korea many times, but really for spiritual purposes, not for culture, okay? And, you know, people go to Korea, you're so enamored, isn't it? I mean, we've become a K-pop nation, okay? Uh, there's a lot I can say to that, but we had a student there from our church in Katipunan before who was there, uh, had a scholarship taking masters and going to get his PhD in chemical engineering. So it was a joy. He was friends with my son. And as much as he enjoyed being there, uh, he was lonely. He, was, he felt like he was real an alien, which he was. And I can understand. Marami tayong mga kababayan. Ganun po, di ba? Nagtatrabaho sila. And yet, parang feeling nila, I'm an alien here. Now, my point, preempting this, that could very well be their promised land. Okay? But they're just there by faith. Anyway, my point is, in a way, we can identify with probably the sentiments of Abraham and Isaac. And so what happens, there's a famine. Nagkaroon ng taggutom. And when there's famine in the scripture, it can lead to death, to hunger and death. Uh, what's interesting about Israel in its uh, topographical and geographical area, a large part of Israel is actually desert. Uh, I've been to Israel a number of times. In fact, when I was there with some of our pastors, it had not rained for about four years. And yet, of course, Israel, because of Israel's technology, which is, uh, it's come here, it's ironic. I, I, I don't want to digress, but uh, some of our church members, ha- it represents Israeli companies, and they're saying, and I heard, uh, I read in the papers that our government is actually saying we need to change the strategy of water in our nation. I mean, we're deluged by rain all the time, and yet we're still going to experience water shortage in this month of May. How can that be? And the simple reason is because we have to change the technology. Actually, they're advocating for cisterns to be made. Cisterns are simply storage facilities. Ang dami-dami ng ulan, mga kapatid. Pati hindi natin i-imbak, di ba, to store them. So there was a famine. And so, as any perhaps dutiful father would do, he left that place and was on his way to Egypt. But the Lord stopped the midpoint in Gerar with Philistine, which is actually when you look at it, it's part of Canaan, the part of the inheritance, although it was occupied by the Philistines then. And the Lord appeared to him. The Lord made himself known and basically said the very same thing. I think as far as I know, this is the first encounter that Isaac had with Abraham. And it's important, you know, those of us who are parents are walking with God. It's important that each of our children have their own encounter with God. God doesn't have grandchildren. He has sons and daughters. And so in his faithfulness, he appears to Isaac and says, I'm going to give you this land. So don't go there to Egypt in a time of famine. Stay here. And to his credit, Isaac obeys. And we see the miracle of the provision, the multiplication of the crop that he planted. I mean, the, the seed that he planted and reap in that year, of course, it took time. So that means he may have stayed more than a year there. He reaped a hundredfold harvest. And what I want to do for the remainder of our time is to help us see 
how the miracle of God's provision here points to the covenant faithfulness of God. And when we understand God, how God demonstrates His faithfulness, actually the word blessed, hesed in the Hebrew, means God's covenant loyalty. Some of us don't understand. You know, it's translated sometimes God's mercy, God's loving kindness. It doesn't do justice. Ang Panginoon, mga kapatid, matapat siya sa kanyang tipan, pakikipagtipan sa atin. When you understand that, it will change the way you see God. And we've been there. I've been there. Because really, this is a famine, isn't it? We understand the application of famine in our context. This last few years, in a way, has been a famine, isn't it? Four lessons about God's faithfulness, God's covenant faithfulness that we see. Number one, God's covenant faithfulness is multi-generational. Kung titignan niyo po yung kwento, matatawa na lang kayo. Isaac, by the way, means laughter, okay? So yung laughter na yun, anyway, hindi ko nababalikan yung... Uh, see Isaac and Rebecca, okay? God's faithfulness, okay? If you look at the story of Isaac, it's almost a re- recapitulation of everything that Abraham did. Nagkaroon ng taggutom, umalis siya, pumunta sa Egypt, of course, pinigil ni Lord, tapos nagpanggap din si Abraham, sabi niya dun sa Sarah, magpanggap ka na kapatid ko, okay? Hindi tayo talo kasi pag-asawa, papatayin ako. And Isaac repeats the same thing, exactly the same thing. Hindi lang po yun, di ba? All of those situations. Have you heard of the saying, like father, like son? That's a scary thing, isn't it? I mean, if you're a father here, I'm a father. The examples you give to your children, good and bad, guess what? They replicate everything that you're, they're good at copying. And so, we see Abraham, we see Isaac compromising. We see God protecting them in the midst of that. That simply shows us I could go on. But the lesson for us is this. Despite the mistakes, the unfaithfulness, or the compromise of Abraham, God still protected Isaac, both Isaac and Abraham. I don't know about you. You know, as parents, we try our best to raise up our children. We're not perfect. And we wonder sometimes how they're going to turn out. You know what? The Lord says in the second commandment, He said God punishes the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth, ge- and fourth generation. But He shows love to a thousand generations of those who love Him. Come on now, if you're a parent here, we can cry out to God, Lord, let your faithfulness be evident in my children. And God says, yes. Because he's a multi-generational God. And you'll understand this in the light of the whole redemptive history. Because God says, I'm going to bless you and your seed. So your seed obviously represents your, your, your descendants. But there's an ultimate seed that the Lord is concerned about. And that's what the enemy tries to do. All throughout the Bible, he's destroyed the seed. How many times that seed ultimately is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ? That's the seed. And the seed of Christ in you now is still that same seed that will bless the whole world. That's what we're talking about, God's covenant faithfulness, multi-generational. Number two, God's covenant faithfulness is manifested in the promised land. Remember, 
You know, if you look at the way God relates with us, uh, one theologian summed it up. You can sum it up in three words. God's covenant. It's about a people. It's about a place. It's about the presence. Every covenant that God made has those three components. A people, whether it's humanity, whether it's Israel, whether it's every believer, Jew and Gentile, it's a place. Now, the place here obviously is Canaan, but obviously that's also metaphorical for where God has you. So the place could be here in the Philippines. It could be another place. It could be in your vocation where you're working right now. So yes, it's... Some of you, this will apply directly to you're supposed to stay despite the famine you're experiencing where you are. Some of you, God may be calling you. That's what he did to Abraham. Leave your place. In Hebrews 11, there's, two fa- I mean, there's many facets of faith. Faith to go and faith to stay. And here the challenge is, will you stay where you are in the midst of the famine going on? And we saw the result because he stayed in the land in obedience to God. When he planted seed there, it was farmers, but they're really hacienderos because they own dozens of hectares of land in Mindoro. They plant uh, brown rice. Okay, if you're interested, have a sack of 40 kilos. Uh, 50 kilos. Raw seed become 60 kavans of rice that you can eat. And I forgot to say it in the first service. Pastor Ariel, according to him, one, one kavan of rice can feed 3,000 people in one day. Okay? What's my point? This is what we've been talking about, isn't it? Seed and Seed time and hour. What is a seed to begin with? The seed is a whole tree in miniature form. Okay? Hindi botany klaso, mga kapatid. Isang butil, isang punong gapiranggot, or whatever. Okay? But let me, let me, let me, a miniature bonsai, okay? Let me put it another way. You can count the number of seeds in an apple, but you can never count the number of apples in a seed. Let me say that again. Okay? Malapit na mag-lunch. Okay, so ito na food illustration. Okay? You can count the number of seeds in an apple. Multiplication. Jesus said, when you sow good seed, you have a harvest of 30, 60, 100. Who determines the harvest? It's God. Who determines the seed sowing? It's you and me, isn't it? All of us have seeds. And that is our skills and our talents. Lahat po tayo may pamamaraan. Wala pong hindi dapat magu- wala pong magugutom sa atin. Kung tayo itanim lang natin, kung ipunlapo natin yung ating mga kakayahan. That's, that's God's promise of provision. So when you say, Lord, provide a miracle, God will do the miracle if you do your part. So water cultivate. Which brings us to point number three. But again, the, 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 the emphasis is even in a time of famine, stay in the land and watch and see how God will prosper you in the midst of that time of, wild, uh, of, of uh, dryness or famine. Number three, God's covenant fruitfulness, faithfulness rather sustains us in the wilderness. Verse 17 to 22 says this. So 
It's a continuation of the story. So Isaac departed from there and camped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names that his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of spring water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Eth. And he moved from there, dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, saying, Take note of this, For now the Lord has made room for us. We shall be fruitful in the land. We didn't read the whole chapter 26, but you'll notice in this chapter, well or balon is mentioned nine times. Maliwanag po mga kapatid, napakahalaga ng balon, ang well, to provide, obviously literal, and I was saying, water table is being affected. So, there, okay, in a desert lake like this, you desperately, I mean, you obviously need water. Think about it, if there's no water, then there's, you can't settle there, isn't it? And what is the lesson here? Because if God has you in His land, He will make sure that you're sustained by providing a source of water for you. And whether the enemy will try to stop up the wells, babarahin niya, yung mga balon, but just keep digging and God will give you those wells of water. Remember what Jesus said, if you believe, stained, I could say more. But if you're discouraged where you are to prayer, go back to the Word. Go back to your spiritual discipline. Go back to small group interaction. Go back to uh, being in worship services like this because it, you feel the refreshing well of the Spirit of God welling up again. There's a lot more I could say, but I want to end with this point, the last one. The fourth manifestation of God's faithfulness is this. His faithfulness surrounds us with favor as with a shield. I know that's a reference to Psalm chapter 5, but look what happened here. When Abimelech went to him from Gerar, tinaboy na nga nila, umalis na nga si Isaac, banda doon, lumayo-layo siya, doon pa rin sa Gerar. But notice what happens after a while. Abimelech went to him, with Ahuzah, his advisor, and Fikol, the commander of his army, Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me? Seeing that you hate me, have sent me away from you. They said, We see plainly that the Lord has been with you. So we said, Let there be a sworn pact between us, between us, you and us, and let us make a covenant. Ah, that you will do us no harm, just as we have not touched you and have done to you nothing but good and have sent you away in peace. You are now blessed of the Lord. Abimelech ngayon, pinaalisi. And so sometimes you have no choice but to go. But this time, the tables have been turned, isn't it? Now, the secular king is going to say, Hey, I see the blessing of God. Let me tell you this. If you live for God, come on. Even your own people who marginalize you and that, come on, God can do, give you such favor that they themselves will see that you are blessed by God. But remember, the blessing, that's the reason. Kaya huwag po kayo mababahala kung, nag, kung pinag-iinggitan kayo ng iba. Wag, wag din kayo mainggit kung sa mga kasama nyo. Ba't, ba't sila laging ganun, pinagpala kami, hindi. Mga kapatid, stay in the land. We have many stories just from our church. But this one to me is a classic. And it's about this 
fish pen owner who is from our church in Dagupan who shared this story many years ago. Okay, We have God's promise to be with us to multiply the, har- the, the crops that we have. He owns fish pen, uh, a fish pen uh, and, and uh, he... He has a fish pen of bangus, okay? Uh, hindi ito kinakain na bangus, pero tinatanim kasi food illustration nga daw eh. But anyway, ganun din, lulutuin mo rin yun, okay? Alam naman natin, sikat yung bangus ng dagupan, di ba? Ang katapat lang noon, yung sa gensan, di ba? Ang, the reason apparently that bangus in dagupan is good because it's being grown in brackish water. Uh, there's a river there, and you can have grow bangus in a fish pond, which some do, some in a fish pen. Big sabihin, yung pong ilog doon, nilalagyan lang ng, ng kawayan, tapos doon pinapalaki yung, ano, syempre may lambat yun para hindi makawala yung bangus. Now, it's a lucrative business, but sometimes the risk is this. When there are floods and the rivers overflow, unfortunately, sometimes those fish escape and you lose your fish. So anyway... Uh, the story goes that they were praying one time in their small group, and uh, I'm, it's good to be in a small group. Is that, isn't that good? Because when you get to pray together, and this wasn't something that somebody told him, but he felt impressed for some reason while they were praying to harvest the bangus that he had in his fish pen. So he was wondering, Lord, are you really saying this? He felt a strong impression, and so, eh, hindi pa naman... Malaki na yung isda niya, pero hindi pa yung maximum. So, pwede pa lumagu sana kung mga isa dalawang linggo pa. But as he felt so impressed to harvest it, he decides to obey God. And so he harvests the fish. And you know, he was content with his harvest, not the maximum. But a week or so later, unfortunately, a sudden storm comes upon that place. And as, as we understand, the rains were so nila. But the Lord preserved the catch of this businessman from our church because he followed and obeyed God's word. Amen. Water subsided to his surprise. He looked in his fish pen and there was still fish that was there. Apparently, what happened was, nung nakawala yung mga isda sa iba, nagpuntahan doon sa kanyang fish pen. Now, of course, you might say, but that's just fair. Pero ang tanong ko, paano mo naman malalaman kung anong isda? Kaninong isda? Yung wala naman tatak yun, wala naman 555 yun, di ba? See, when, you, when you're faithful to follow God, to follow His leading, to stay in the land where He has you, the Lord can work miracles when you need those miracles. Now, Obviously, we have a world that's in great need. And we know the purpose of miracles. And, and Jesus said it so clear. I mean, it said so clearly. Paul the Apostle said, he, he will bless us, as has the Genesis, and then we will be a blessing to others. And as I said, that seed is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray for you in a moment. But the blessing that God gave to Abraham is actually ours. Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, Jesus Christ became a curse for us because curses everyone is hung on a tree. Because of our failure to keep the law, there's a curse associated with failure of the, 
failure to keep the law, but because Jesus gave his life, he says he became a curse for us so that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles, which is you and me, by faith, through faith. And so that by faith, we might receive the promise given to Abraham. As I said, through faith, so that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. So apparently, if you were to sum up the miracle of fishes and loaves, it points us to the blessing that Christ has given you and me. And that blessing is ultimately manifested in the presence and power of the Spirit in us. And if you have the Holy Spirit, you have everything you need to guide you in this life of faith. Could we all just stand up and we're going to pray. Father, thank you for the comfort you give us. Some of us are in that place where we're tempted to get out of your will, whether it's geographical, vocational, because it's like we're in a famine. There doesn't seem to be, doesn't, there's, there's not fruit in our labor. But yet, some of us are saying, stay in the land, sow in the midst of famine, whether that's our financial resources, whether it's our talent, whether it's our time. And Father, we will watch and see you do a miracle on our behalf. Because at the end of the day, Father, it is your will that you demonstrate not just your provision, but your dominion, Father, through your people. So that multitudes would also come to faith in you. So Lord, allow us to be not just renewed in our mind, but to be rekindled in our trust and confidence in you. Because if you are for us, who can be against us? Let's pray. For those of you who are seemingly in famine or maybe in a time of waiting for your breakthrough, can you just uh, lift up your hands right now? I just want to pray for you right now because I believe that God has deposited a word for all of us. One of the key things here is God has given us seeds already. And I believe also that one of the key things that we need to develop as Christians is the ability to hear God and listen to His voice, the Holy Spirit, and as well as to obey His will. Amen. Let's all lift up our hands. Father, we thank you so much. I pray, God, that you would bless your people even right now. We thank you for that word, God. I thank you, Lord God, that you will allow us to be able to hear clearly the voice of God in our life. Lord God, even for those of us who are in seeming famine, in a time of waiting, a season, Lord God, where we have planted, and Lord, the harvest has not yet come. I pray, God, that you will give us resilience to wait, faith to believe, faith to, Lord God, just wait and see, Lord God, the Lord is good. And we thank you, Lord God, that even right now, breakthrough is coming. Thank you, Lord God, that, Lord, you will allow your children, Lord God, to be able to wait to obey your word, God. And in this season, God, I think that we will be raised up to be people of a blessing, Lord God, people of covenant-keeping God. I thank you, Lord God, that you will allow us to receive your blessing. And when we are blessed to abundance, just like Isaac, that you will also be a blessing to others, Lord God. And so, Lord, once again, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, for us to see and experience your goodness and your breakthroughs in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say Amen and amen. Give you the Lord a hand. Give the Lord praise. Thank you for joining us. You can visit victory.org.ph to find a church, join the Victory Group, and give online. 
Thank you for partnering with us in discipling the city, the nation, and the world through your generosity. For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts.